Now, as uh, promised, let's uh, talk uh, Latin America with uh, our good friend uh, John Bonafino, uh, who joins us now. Uh, John, uh, a very good uh, good evening to you there. Hey, how are you? Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you too. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just before we get into the uh, the major stories from your region, tell me if I'm pronouncing this right. Before Fidel Castro in Cuba, the president was Fulgencio Batista. Is it pronounced Fulgencio? It's spelled that Fulgencio. way. Fulgencio. Yeah, 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 that's correct. Yes, I was trying to, from the top of my head, talking about Cuba's history. No particular reason, because we were just mucking about. I was talking about that a second ago, and I couldn't uh, pronounce the name, so Fulgancio, like that. Brilliant, I've got it now. Uh, more important, as far as uh, the current news goes, uh, tell me about the drug wars in Mexico, which it seems to be relentless there, uh, and uh, a phenomenal number of people have disappeared. Just tell me what's going on. This is this new story is essentially the government releasing a figure saying that 60,000 people have disappeared. It sounds in the press as though it's like a sudden thing that 60,000 people have disappeared, but it's just the release of an official figure taken from the 60s um, up until the present day. 97, 98% of those figures are uh, related to to the war on drugs. So essentially. This, the massive spike begins in 2006 when Felipe Calderón, supported by, by the U.S., declared a war on drugs. And then nothing really changed in terms of drug movement um, north of the border, but everything changed in terms of violence spiraling out of control. Anybody who's been doing any maths in Mexico over the course of this 15-year period would know that we're into that kind of level of figures in terms of people disappeared. But, but important that finally the government has come out and said, OK, this is what we have in terms of official numbers have disappeared. Important to say, however, that that's what they've actually agreed are the registered disappeared. The real figure is going to be way north of that. Yeah. And it sounds to me like it's almost a universal truth that the war against drugs, you know, several leaders say we're having a war against drugs. And it sounds to me like drugs pretty well always win. You know, it's a war that you can't win. And it looks like when you look at the figures and you read the story, it seems like that's certainly the case in Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it begs the question, you know, what do what are politicians um, really trying to do or what do they really want to do in terms of, um, again, the war on drugs in in inverted commas, if what they're trying to do is actually reduce um, drug flow into a particular area or country, then militarizing the the area at source is going to do nothing at all to prevent that produce reaching market because it's a supply and demand food chain. I mean, nothing, especially when, when it's that lucrative, it's just going to happen. So, um, and again, the militarizing of these spaces just causes causes a whole heap of um, terrible situations for people on the ground here. As Mexicans will, almost any Mexican that you ask about the drug problem here, they'll say it's not our problem, it's a U.S. problem. It's just that we're the ones that, that suffer um, for it. The one thing that has been successful in terms of the drug, the war on drug policy is that they have been, that, um, again, the militarizing of the, of the policy has taken out a number of the, the, the capos, the kingpins over the course of this 15-year period. But, of course, that's really high profile in the context of, you know, a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis in terms of taking out the leader. And it makes for some great press shots and press images. But essentially what then happens is is that the, then the next sub-level of, uh, of cartel 
then struggle amongst themselves to reach that top position. It generates a vacuum, and what you have is is an absence of power and control, and a, and a huge exponential amount of violence that then spirals into into that space, and nothing fundamentally changes. No, uh, but the president is saying he's insisting that uh, overall uh, security has increased since he was uh, elected. Uh, are people accepting that? Are people, you know, it, it, what's his popularity like? Or people think, well, he's doing something, or, or not? People aren't accepting it, but they're not blaming him for it either. And um, his popularity is still very high. His popularity is still in the in the high 60%. Essentially, uh, and then the problem has um, has amplified, has multiplied since he's come to power. But people recognise that this is not something. You know, even AMLO's, even Andrés Manuel López Obrador's current Mexican president's biggest detractors will not say, you know, with a straight face, this is a problem that AMLO has brought to the to the table. They might quibble about his his way of dealing with it and what's taking place, but it's not as though they can point to successful policies before Andrés Manuel came to power anyway. So um, it's definitely, although it's, it's, you know, it's probably the biggest problem in his intray and he's not dealing it, with it successfully in any way, shape or form at all, neither did anybody else before him and nobody is, is essentially putting any kind of strategy on the table or policy on the table which anybody thinks from left or right is fundamentally, that fundamentally has any significant chance, real chance, of achieving traction and success. Yeah, indeed. Um, Venezuela, uh, we talk a lot about Venezuela, and um, it seems that uh, the chaos there continues. Uh, Juan Guaido has defied the security forces uh, to claim his mandate in Parliament, so it's still a hugely confusing situation, isn't it? Usually confusing, more and more surreal. Every time I, I feel that I have to talk about Venezuela with you, Martin, on the <laughs> on the show, <laughs> it's one of those things. I think, you know, what, what how can what can I compare it to this time that that is that isn't uh, that generates kind of more um, more clarity yeah. to the situation. Um, I mean, this is ridiculous uh, by any measure. So Juan Guaido was elected speaker um, a year ago now, and then obviously there's a whole interim president thing. So that you have the two presidents taking place, but then following on from the from the Bolivian case study, which took place a few months ago, where basically other voters, um, elected representatives, were locked out, and an interim pre an interim president was voted in because there was a limited number of people voting. Maduro, the current president in Venezuela, obviously thought, well, that's a good idea, so he decided to, to barricade the assembly with riot police to stop Guaido getting in. Um, and there were all manner of scuffles, Guaido climbing over the riot police, eventually managed to climb in over a wall and into a tunnel um, out the back entrance, but still somebody else got voted in. And then the next day, finally he made it in, um, a new vote was held, he, and in the process of being elected, Maduro managed to turn the lights off in the building so nobody could record it and then transmit it. So the whole situation took place and was recorded by the light of people's camera phones, um, you know, giving truth to the fact that it, it, it didn't really matter what was taking place. It was what people could actually demonstrate um, that took place. National hymns being sung, scuffles uh, breaking out. I mean, I, I remember 15, 20 years ago, we'd look at the Italian parliament, you know, and scuffles there mm. and think, um, this is this is an idea of, of democratically elected um, parliaments, but this is uh, hugely embarrassing. I mean, as, as if the country didn't have enough to deal with, yeah. you know, these scuffles between two two teenage boys essentially don't help anybody no and, and for the you know the venezuelan in the street 
Uh, I assume that uh, there are still shortages, there are still power cuts and still uh, hyperinflation. Yeah, your average Venezuelan in the street is probably going through rubbish that's been out in the sun for, for a few hours. Um, having joined a queue of 10 other people that are going through rubbish, he's probably eating, he or she is probably eating genuinely, uh, you know, rotting meat. Um, he's probably missing five or six family members that have emigrated to some other country um, somewhere else. He probably has notes in his pocket that are, um, that are more valuable as bookmarks than actual notes. Uh, he's probably considering selling his daughter's hair on the border because that gets some some money in to feed people on the table. I mean, it's that level of of problem that we're that we're talking about. And now the UN says that four million or thirty million people have left Venezuela. But again, as with uh, disappeared in Mexico, the real figure is going to be significantly above that. So you're basically looking at twenty percent of the standing population in Venezuela have left the country over the course of the last two years. I mean, it's this biggest peacetime movement of people in the history of latin america wow wow it's, it just it just goes from bad to worse i mean every it's time off the scale off the scale off the scale isn't it uh john thanks uh, ever so much for um for bringing us up to date and all that and hopefully we'll talk again soon no problem take care brilliant thanks uh john bonfilio though jo joining us from uh, mexico our uh, latin american correspondent Alongside Latin America correspondent, if you want to follow the U.S. election cycle or any other international election cycle, which may be of interest, we also take requests on Spotify. We're also on... I've forgotten it. What is it? Uh, Dropbox. No, not Dropbox. On Spotify. On Spotify. Oh, are we on Dropbox as well? Are we? Or is it SoundCloud? Wait, no, Spotify. Look, just forget all that stuff. Just Spotify. Follow Speakeasy Politics on Spotify. Say the name again. How hard can it be? Say the name again. Bye.